Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. We are delighted to be with you here on this beautiful, sacred Sabbath day. Um, it's, sac- it's a sacred Sabbath day, not a secret Sabbath day. I think that's the most important thing that we can teach. And of course, up here on the stand is is presiding our beloved father of our ward, who's been on a business trip for the past, you know, three or four months or something. Uh, welcome, uh, Bishop Jensen. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Glad how, to be back. How was business? Business is good. Business has been great. Oh, that's that's good. Because I think yeah. the most important thing is that the father of our ward is making big money. Um, that, if there's one thing I've learned, that's the most important <laughs> thing. That's how they That's how they pick the bishop. I yeah. Think. I don't, do you want that being said, like outside North America, I've met pretty poor bishops. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 It's because it's because North America is the promised land. And so only people in North America can really actually get rich. <laughs> um, every, everybody outside of the U.S. and Canada, obviously, um, yeah. must be poor. Uh, it's it's the way the Lord works. You know, a, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that, like the Lord, like God is is bound by these laws that um, that he's in charge of, but he's bound by them. And, and if he disobeys them, he will cease to become God. So he has to obey these laws. And one of those laws is that this is the promised land and he only blesses people in the Morador. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's like, uh, blessed and promised or whatever it blessed as long as you keep my commandments in the land, ye shall be prospered among ye and for such or something. And you barely, barely, <laughs> barely, 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 and it came yeah. unto pass that the Lord did bless his chosen servant, Bishop Jensen, yea, even the father of this ward, yea, the creator of this podcast, and he <laughs> unto whom we look for wisdom and guidance in all things, yea, even Bishop Jensen. Um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful passage, uh, Doctrine and Covenants, section 243, uh, if you yeah. want to look it up. That's not even like when people are like, how could Joseph Smith just make this up? It's like we literally <laughs> just made up something about his coat, like equally as coherent as half the that drivel. Yeah. You know, I think I shared this on the podcast before, but my uh, my buddy who has left the church last year, mm-hmm. he sent me a message and he in the in the message, he, he says, he says, well, if you live your whole life with somebody and this is how he told me he was out. And he's, mm-hmm. he's like, I've lived my whole life with somebody telling me that dirt tastes good. And mm-hmm. so I and so I believed it, you know, until I tried something else and realized yeah. they've been feeding me shit. Like, yeah. 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 Because it's it's true. I, I really thought I, I, I was always like, but it's such an amazing book. Um, turns out it's not. It's really not. Yeah. I think one thing that started my my way out of the church was I started thinking like, what if I read the book of Mormon as if it was just a book? And, uh, and then, you know, the book starts to fall apart pretty quickly when you don't default to, well, it's the word of God. So it must be special. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 So, well, let's, let's talk about, uh, our, uh, our past few months. I, I mean, I interviewed, uh, Methuselah, mm-hmm. um, a, cu- a couple weeks ago. And, um, and, but other, other than that, uh, I have not, 
I have not been on the podcast since our last conversation, which I um, which which I went and uh, I listened to before before coming here today because I wanted to be filled with the spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. So, are you still going to institute for the free parking? No, no. I so I stopped that as soon as it like snowed, which was like a week after after we recorded that episode because I had like I had been hanging out with my sister Mm -hmm. and driving her to to school and so then I'd go go to the institute class um but then it started snowing and Mm -hmm. I hadn't put on my winter tires yet Mm -hmm. so then I just started taking the bus and I didn't feel like bussing around to the institute and then down right like why would I go to institute for the free parking if I'm not bringing my car driving right So yep. yeah, so I was I was taking the bus for a week because yeah I didn't have winter tires on which neither did the buses but I'd rather somebody else drive in hazardous conditions than me. Um, plus you know I took the train most of the way for my commute, but um, yeah so I just stopped I just stopped and then oh yeah once it got nicer out I just couldn't couldn't be bothered couldn't uh, go back yeah I was, I was like it was it was like a mini covid you know how a bunch of people stopped going to church during covid and then they're like oh huh things are fine without this i was like oh huh <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't need to go up there anymore um it was fun though but uh yeah no i i haven't been like since that week so how have you been in terms of like an ex-mormon slash mormon detox how how uh, detox have you been in the last three months? I did a really good detox. Like yeah, um, yeah. November when I stopped going to institute, and then December, um, and then uh, January, February. Yeah, like pretty pretty detoxed. And then um, I think I don't know if it was the SEC thing or not, but then I started going back on the ex Mormon subreddit. Right, but I think the detox just helped in the way that when when I went back it wasn't as like that anger and I talked about this in our last episode published in November I think we called it like the end of the line or whatever um mm-hmm. but uh I I talked about how like you're going to feel that anger and rage all over again um but I I didn't actually feel that angry like i I was obviously frustrated and like oh this is dumb and i've i've listened to the mormon stories episode about it and been watching nemo's videos about it and rfm about it and all of this stuff but um it's it's been i've just felt a lot more detached from it and so then when i've gone on the ex-mormon subreddit it's been a lot more in you know giving advice to people who are asking for it and trying to be helpful and then um also just laughing you know like making jokes and and Mm -hmm. having a good time and and less of the just you know infuriating oh i hate them so much i you know i hope Mm -hmm. they crash and burn kind of thing um so i i think the detox actually helped helped a lot what about you yeah so we were on vacation in january and um, I saw this couple, like, they were trying to take a picture on the beach, and I just offered to help. And we were making small chat, and they said, oh, we're from Logan, Utah. You've probably never heard of that place before. And I said, oh, my parents are Mormons. Yeah. And and I didn't even have to, like, process that through a filter. That was just what naturally came out. 
after a few, you know, a few months of kind of getting away from, from everything church or ex-Mormon related. And that was really like, uh, like I felt really good about that. Yeah. Cause I was just like, Oh, I'm like, like I'm starting to detach, you know? And, um, I think I've started to see, like I said in our last podcast, I was starting to work on running and jogging up to a 5k and I've been doing that uh, regularly. And then, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, me and my kids tried doing a screen free week. Yeah. And we said we could, we could still go on screens if, um, we had an educational app and we were learning something. So I downloaded Duolingo and I've been working on Spanish for the last three weeks. And I've just been thinking like, I don't go on Reddit as much anymore, <laughs> let yeah. alone the ex Mormon subreddit. And if I do, like there was a point in time after the podcast where it's like, I'll just go back to X Mormon Reddit to see the any new scandal. Yeah. Like I just like, you know, it's kinda like my guilty pleasure reality TV, what dumb thing did the church do now? But even then, like with the SEC filing and stuff like that, it was almost like I listened to a bunch of podcasts on it, but I'm kinda rolling my eyes because I'm I'm listening through three hours of content to find out that like something that could probably be summarized in a paragraph and it's like I don't even know if I'm surprised anymore or shocked. It's just kind of like, oh, the LDS church is doing something deceitful and 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 stupid. Uh, like, how is this news? Like, right. Yeah, big, big corporation does big corporation thing. Yeah, right. Well, because, like, even with the SEC filings and the Form 13s, like, there's a lot of big companies that'll do things to disguise the ownership of their subsidiaries, right? Because they mm -hmm. might even have... They might have a subsidiary that's like sells to their competitor or something like that. And they right. don't want to jeopardize that relationship. So they do things to disguise ownership. That's kind of, you know, a high risk, aggressive business practice. So I'm not even surprised that the church did it. Like they honestly probably got their legal team in there. They're like, we want to disguise the ownership. They said, okay, we think that if you do this, it's a little dodgy, but the potential fines are going to be, you know, between this and this many millions of dollars. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Because I know that's the way business looks at at um, rules and regulations is it's kind of like, what's the trade-off, you know, what's the benefit I'm getting versus the fines I might have to pay? Like, they don't look at a fine. They look at a fine the same way we look at a speeding ticket. Like, a speeding ticket's not morally wrong. It's just based on an arbitrary kind of limit that a bunch of civil engineers set. Yeah. And... And uh, and if you exceed that, you're maybe potentially possibly less safe than somebody who doesn't exceed it. And so you get a ticket. I think businesses look at fines the same way. So it's not surprising that the church did something risky. Right. It's just the cost of doing business. Yeah, for them. It's just they don't see it. As, and I, I don't think any business would kind of see it as a moral question. It's just it's that, wait, I thought this was the true and living church of Jesus Christ. Why are they acting like... A Fortune 500 company. Right, right. And <laughs> and I, I think that's the thing for ex-Mormons is we look at stuff like that and we say, yeah, of course. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> of course they would do that, right? Yeah. Um, we're, we're not surprised by this stuff. But then for all the people who are still in, you know, then they're, they're experiencing this cognitive dissonance. And everybody has their own thing, right? Like how many people mm -hmm. left over the November 15 policy, right? Like... Yeah, I I remember when that happened, and I I was TBM. I was like, 
well, yeah, why would gay people want their kids in the church anyways, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I was, I was like, it's a big nothing burger. Who cares? Right. But Mm -hmm. then, uh, for me, it was the realization that it's not true, right? Like that the church just is a lie. And, and that's, that's what got me out. I didn't care about the polygamy. I didn't care Mm -hmm. about, you know, the homophobia. I didn't care about all of this stuff. This is all things that I started to care about after I got out and started looking more into it and realizing the harm that it causes and also detaching those things from it being the true never-lasting church of God or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think then for for some members, you know, especially the the ones who might be particularly attached to this idea of you know, doing clean business, right? Who see the the people doing MLMs in the church and taking advantage financially of other members and having issues with that. And then they see mm-hmm. the leaders do that. And then, oh, okay, now I have a problem with the church. All the, you know, sexual violence stuff, all the other uh, scandals, the history, you know, Brigham Young's racism, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's. I think it's different when you can look at the history and be like, ah, yes, yes, that was then. We're better now. You know, the church has improved. They were just men of their time and stuff. But what do you say when it happens in your time and you know that what they did was wrong right now, right? And and so I, I, I think there's... Uh, it, I, I think it's big and there's a lot of people who are dealing with it right now because it's for whatever reason that's something that they cared about right yeah yeah or they told people you know how charitable the church was and how much good it did yeah and then you find out that wait a minute they've just been amassing wealth and not spending it on anything oh well bishop jensen it's for a rainy day and then like the rainy day of the probably the past 50 years came and went yeah Right. The pandemic came and that was if there was ever a rainy day between now and I don't know, like either the oil embargoes in the 80s or the Vietnam War in the 60s and 70s. Like if there is ever a rainy day where people needed money, that was it. Yeah. And they just they grew the fund. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think that's got to be upsetting for people. One thing there's there was this um, I think it was that talk at Corbridge gave at BYU about like how he had an assignment to study all the, you know, the CES letter. Like he said, CES letter without saying CES letter, I think. Right. And he talked about like how depressed he was after wallowing in that mire. And uh, how I started to feel as we were, as we continued with the podcast and as I continued to be active in the ex-Mormon subreddit is that ex-Mormonism is a mire that you wallow in. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I really started to feel that. Like, it's not that I was losing the spirit or whatever, but being around a bunch of hurt and angry and upset and disillusioned people is, it's a mire. And just studying something just to see how corrupt and messed up it is, like, you continue to do that, that is just, uh, it, for me at least, it started to become just a depressing way to live. Yeah. Um to just have so much energy wrapped up in it. And I think as I've just been trying to do and learn new things, it's like, wow, there's this whole wide world and I missed out on a lot of it. 
for 30 plus years because I was in the church and I don't want to miss out on the next 30 plus years by being angry at the church. Yeah. I just don't even want to, you know, that's kind of where I, I came to and that's how I was feeling at the end of the podcast. And then I think shortly after it, I started to realize that I actually was in a depression. I think part of it for leaving the church and then I think part of it for a lot of other reasons. And I went and talked to a doctor and I got a, I got, a mild antidepressant, like a very mild SSRI, and it has changed my life. Yeah. 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 And so, like, um, like how how has it changed your life? Like, what has what difference has has it made um, it, in you being able to you know do what you want to do? It um, like it it just took a rain cloud. I think people have described anxiety or depression this way is it's kind of like it's a rain cloud that you just get used to mm-hmm. and you just start to think that every day is supposed to be overcast. Right. Right. And, and then I just realized, I was like, wow, is this like how kind of calm and confident everybody feels just <laughs> like, is this how calm and confident and rational the average person feels? Cause I feel awesome. Like I kind of feel, um, I think when I was a teenager, I had a lot of gusto, and then trying to be a good Mormon, I, I really started to kill this kind of this part of me that was uh, that could be very direct, that could be very blunt, and um, and would cha- not be afraid to challenge authority. And as I tried to be more and more of a good Mormon, that part of me started to die, and I think I kind of lost myself. And I just kind of feel like I've rediscovered who I've always been. Hmm. And, uh, and I just, I, I have some friends who are more recently out of the church and they're still processing a lot of things, but it's, it's getting harder for me to listen to people talk about leaving the church. Yeah. Cause it, it just starts to make, I just, I started to come into such a peaceful place and talking about it again, it's, it's like a drug and yeah. I get all worked up and spun up. I was actually like, I was on a work trip and I found out, uh, some coworkers are, uh, are non-denominational Christians. Uh, and then they found out that I was raised LDS. And so there, there's just, there's this one thing that people can say that will really, really set me off. And it's Mormons are nice people, but they have some weird beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, tell me, Tell me how gold plates in an angel are weirder than your freaking necromancer just raising people from the dead. Yeah. Like, tell me how that is any weirder. Yeah. And it's that that real smug, condescending, Baptist, born-again Christian, Mormons are nice people, but very weird. Just kind of will... I just... Re- I don't know if that... I don't know if triggering is the right word, but that's something that'll get me into a religious debate, even if I don't want to be in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I end up getting kind of spun up into this debate with some coworkers, just asking them annoying questions that I post, you know, the, the is God all knowing? Okay, then how can we have free will? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if he knows everything, then I have to do the things that he knows I will do. I don't have a choice. And they're like, no, we have free will. And I'm like, hey, do you know what a force is in a magic trick? A force is when the magician makes you think you're doing a free choice, but the choice has already been made for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what free will is in a religious context, is it's a it's a force like in a magic trick. God makes you think you have free will, but if he knows everything, then he already knows all the choices you're going to make, 
And so you can't not do the thing he already knows. Otherwise, he doesn't know something. Right. Right. And the, and they're kind of, you know, and then it gets a little bit more. I get a little more animated and they maybe get a little more animated. And then I start talking about things in the Bible and biblical errancy. And they're like, well, I don't really read the Bible very much. And they're like, what is it about atheists where they just like atheists all seem to know the Bible so well? And I'm like, <laughs> well, what is it about reading the Bible that makes people atheists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I got, like, I walked away from that, and I kind of, the next day I apologized and just kind of, you know what, hey, I had a beer, my lips are a little loose. Yeah. These aren't really conversations that I like to engage in, and I kind of apologize if I, if I push some boundaries, and, and, and they were cool, they were cool about it and everything, but I was just, it just reaffirmed, it was like, these aren't conversations I do not want to have. Right. They do not make me a happy person. Yeah. To, right it does it it doesn't feel good um yeah and i i think like it it relates to what we talked about last time about you know being that guy right being Mm -hmm. the guy who always brings in you know the bad news you know here's why you should be depressed this week yeah because it just like it doesn't matter like who cares and you know i've i've managed to maintain healthy relationships with with everyone in my family. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's definitely some things that we kind of clash on that I, I get frustrated with that I'm, I'm like, you're saying that because the church tells you that. But I'm, I'm like, but you like, you need to know that that's not true, right? Like, p- please tell, like, please tell me that you know that that is made up, right? Um, and it, it sucks. Like, it really, it, so- it, it makes it hard, but. I, I've still managed to have good relationships with these people, like with my family and friends, because, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's what needs to be what the relationship is based on, you know? Mm-hmm. So do you find, like, those situations, do you get pulled in to a discussion, or, like, do you just bite your tongue, or what do you do? Usually I bite my tongue, and here here's a, re- here's a really good example. Okay. Um, so the other week I had some friends over because I just moved mm-hmm. into a place. So I, I invite some friends over and uh, and I don't know if people have watched Philomena Kunk. I think she is hilarious. Um, so we were watching Kunk on Earth, which basically the it's this comedian. I forget what her name is. I think her first name is like Diane or something. Anyways, she's hilarious. She's British and it's a BBC show and... She's explaining history, like it's a history show done by this comedian, but the comedian is playing this character who is like a complete idiot. Like she doesn't, she doesn't know anything. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so she just says a bunch of silly things and, you know, she interviews experts in character and they have to explain things to her. Like she's, you know, a toddler who doesn't know anything. Um, but then in, in one scene, she's, she's walking through some ruins in the UK and she she says I'm I'm in the oldest city and then she's like well actually I'm not in the oldest city but she she says but I'm pretending it is and you wouldn't know you know unless I unless I told you but the oldest city is actually in Iraq but that's miles away and fucking dangerous and then <laughs> and, and then she and then she she says um 
or and uh, yeah, she's like, that's the oldest city in the world that we archaeologists, blah blah blah, whatever. And then my friend pauses the documentary. She pauses this funny video to tell mm -hmm. us that well, actually, uh, that city in Iraq isn't the oldest city in the world. Like it can't be because the oldest city in the world, the evidence for it was destroyed by the flood, by Noah's flood. And <laughs> which, setting aside that we have evidence for settlements older than whenever Noah's flood was supposed to have happened, um, that's a crazy thing to say. You know, uh, yeah. there was no flood. And, um, but but yeah, she, she said this and uh, I really wanted to like, stop grab her face look her in the eyes and be like you please tell me please tell you're me that you're joking like you know the flood never happened um because the church doesn't even teach that the great that noah's flood happened like the church's official stance is like hey leave science to the scientists you know the, this is just story right even i think in the new temple ceremony they even say hey guys this is metaphor you know um but uh, I did. I was like, I'm not getting into this. I'm not uh -huh. gonna say anything. So I just, I, I just didn't say anything. N nobody else in the group said anything. We all just sat there like dumbfounded for what felt yeah. like ten minutes, but it was probably like five seconds. And then, yeah. and then I just hit play on the documentary without <laughs> saying another <laughs> word. It was so awful. Um, and then. Um, and then there were a couple other things she she said um, through throughout our little games party um, that yeah I I just had to bite my tongue and then when I got in the car later with my sister who who had been there with me we were mm -hmm. like oh my goodness like I can't believe what she said um, yeah so I I tried to just bite my tongue there are some things and it depends on the relationship too right like I have mm -hmm. other friends. I have another friend who, who said like, oh, you know, well, how else did the Native Americans get to North America? And I, I looked at him. I'm like, you're, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're kidding, right? He's like, no, well, like, how, how else would they have gotten here if not like Nephi? And, and I said, well, uh, here's the archaeological evidence we have. Here's how far back it goes. Here's how we dated it, you know. And he had no idea. And so... It depends on the relationship. Sometimes I'll get into it, and I, I think most of the time I'll just bite my tongue and, oh, okay, uh, you know, play, like, skip. I think, like, the more often I get roped into them, the more, like, I walk away and I'm like, I really wish I would have just changed the subject yeah. or not engaged or not initiated this. Like, even when I get into it, I'm like, this isn't worth it. No. Like, no. It's it's so that's I think that's that's the drain we are circling through the podcast was like to really get over the church you just have to stop talking about it and yep. move on. Yeah. And and but then we kept talking about it for so long. So I would say 3 months of not doing this podcast of trying not to engage in anything about the church of really trying to detox I'd say it's been the best 3 or 4 months of my life. So I know there's people based on the emails and the feedback we've gotten over the year and a half that we ran the show, I, like I appreciate that this was helpful for people, but it's almost like I just want to take it down so that there's less available for people so that they can just <laughs> stop, 
stop engaging and move on. Just yeah. there's it's there's so many things to learn about and and there's so many things to be a part of and there there's so many other things to do other than to either talk about why Mormonism is true or talk about why it obviously is not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think that a lot of a lot of people probably do move on. Mm-hmm. Um and but I'm always amazed on the ex Mormon subreddit whenever there's somebody on there who's who says, I left the church twenty years ago. Or yeah. you know, like the the odd post you'll see is like, I left the church in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, ob- obviously those people probably aren't spending all of their time on the ex Mormon <laughs> subreddit. Um, and I, and I do think that the community is important and I don't know if I'll ever, you know, if I'll ever go a full year without popping in. Um, but there are more things out there, you know, there's a, there's a lot more out there and, uh, me and, um, one of my aunts who, who is ex-Mormon, like she left as like a teenager. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we get we get together and talk about family history. And sometimes that does lead into talking about the church. But most of the time, we're just talking about these interesting people who lived interesting lives and their stories and the things that they passed on to us and the pictures we have and, oh, who looks like who and all of this. And then I have, you know, my creative projects that I'm working on on my own. I'm in school. Mm-hmm. I wake up and I read textbooks and I go to work and then I go to sleep and rinse and repeat. Um, I do shower and eat as well. Um, don't, don't worry. Um, but yeah, like there are a lot of other things out there. Uh, and, and I, I hope that most of the people who tune into this podcast don't listen for long. You know, I, I hope that they, they listen, they laugh and then they, they find a way to move on and some, and something interesting to move on to. That said, always tune back into the funniest episodes, like the interview with God. That's always a mm-hmm. personal favorite. Yeah, ten dumbest things I did while I was Mormon. Yeah, I think that's our most listened to out of yeah. uh, outside of the like first three episodes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. Oh, sorry, just drawing a, bl- a bit of a blank here, but um, I think like you're fortunate that. Like, I can't think about my university experience without it being so mixed and melded with Institute and YSA activities. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't think really even about, like, uh, like the first, you know, four years after we moved to Vancouver, still active in the church, or three years after we moved to Vancouver, still active in the church. And um, so just a lot of our early memories being here uh tied into the church yeah my wife being in young women's and having uh like a young women's activity in our house after we just moved in and uh you know babysitters all being from the ward and a lot of ward members that live in our neighborhood and and stuff like that so i think like you're really lucky that it sounds like you've started university you know in calgary with a clean slate and you're starting a job at a liquor store, like you're building all these memories and experiences and kind of life changes without the church being in the background. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's accurate. And, and it's great. I mean, I do have like, 
I, I've restarted university because I, I went mm-hmm. to BYU-Idaho and, yeah. and I, I left with an associates because I, I, I could not carry on there long enough to get the bachelor's. But also, the, like, that's, that's given me the opportunity to restart university. And then when I go um, later on and I'm applying for jobs to do with my career, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't looking at BYU-Idaho. Oh, you know. Um, I've, it's not going to be on my resume. Um, so I, I think that that helps and, um, and yeah, and I, I'm, I'm working on making friends outside of the church. It's kind of difficult. Like I don't, um, I don't know. I, I, I got the number of, um, the guy, there's, there's a restaurant I go to every Sunday while I'm, while I'm at work. I like prep meals for the rest of the week and then I'll, I'll go grab like a soup and a quesadilla from this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy there who works there, he's a student as well. And we always chat about school and he's doing communications. So he's chat about podcasting a little bit. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, okay, well, I, I got his number because I'm, I'm like, we're going to be friends now. <laughs> and so I'm like trying, I'm like making friends with the guy who works at the fast food place that I go to because yeah i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to make friends outside right. of the mormon world but still all of the people that i hang out with are either active members or ex members mm-hmm. um and uh, or or family right who are usually active members and uh and so it is i don't know it's still like it still follows me around that's the thing is like it's never going to be gone especially because i spent the first 25 years of my life engaged in this thing uh, mm-hmm. fully and completely like totally into it and and so i can't expect that it's ever going to be completely gone um but i i think that my world going forward i can make it so that it's not revolving around that right mm-hmm you know, the friends, like, we've been going through an awkward transition to more uh, never-Mormon friends, just mm-hmm. with, like, uh, like parents we meet at school pick up and drop off and stuff like that. And and it is, uh, like, it's been a, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But definitely, like, I think what's uncomfortable is it's, like, I knew how Mormons hung out. Right. You know, and, and I understood the the unspoken, unwritten set of rules yep. for those social interactions. And now it's like I'm hanging out with groups of people that I have never, uh, not since like middle school, have I hung out with mostly non-Mormons. Mm-hmm. So that's like 20 years ago. And it's just kind of figuring out the lay of the land and what do these people do when they get together and what kind of jokes are appropriate and what kind of jokes are not appropriate or what topics of discussion are okay and not okay. And yeah. And just try. So that's been awkward, but it just, um, we just keep trying to have more people over to the house. I think one thing we've been finding is that since COVID, we were kind of surprised at how many uh, people just haven't been getting out. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a couple uh, things at our house we just had a couple some couples over and we're realizing like uh you know people just want a bit more community so we're trying to trying to build a bit of that in a in a good group of friends and it's been it's been good and then 
sometimes it's a challenge to not um, let out that I was ever LDS. Yeah. But the less I talk about the church and the less I talk about ex-Mormon things in my free time, then the more other conversation topics I have. Right, right. Yeah, it, and I mean, what you bring up about it being awkward and a challenge, mm -hmm. and so, I mean, obviously you're putting active effort into it. I think that's the biggest thing. You actually, like, we have to try, right? Like, growing up, the church gave us friends. They, they mm -hmm. said, here, well, here are the Mormon kids your age. Uh, you're going to be their friend. You know, and and I was like growing up in South Calgary, I had I had a lot of options because um, I had release time seminary and stuff. Um, not to rub it in or anything to all those suckers <laughs> who have to wake up so early. Um, but uh, I, yeah, like the friends were there, right? And now I have to put in this effort, and it is like it's like moving to a different city. Right. Mm -hmm. I, you, you have to learn the language and what, you know, you, you know, there might be, um, uh, like the formal name of a place and then the informal name of the place that everybody who's in the in group knows what it's called. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, whereas, you know, when you're, when you're in Mormonism, yeah, you're in a, in a separate bubble. Like I grew up in Calgary. I've lived here my whole life minus, you know, going to Rexburg and, and then I, I'm walking around meeting new people, trying to make friends. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even, like, I don't even know the, the city. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to behave and, and how, to, how to talk to people. And it, it is a challenge. Um, but I, th I think it's a challenge worth taking on because you, you have your life back, right? Um, and, or not even back. You, you have your life now. And, uh, and you get to try and um, make something of it, right? Like what you were saying about the next 30 years. What's your life going to look like for the next 30 years? And, uh, and you, you can become part of the group and make new friends and meet new people. It's just going to take a little bit of effort is, is what I found. I think because, like, because the church was so all-consuming, you know, you could always have some kind of discussion that would come back to missions or... Sunday yeah. school or the crazy person in fast and testimony meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And so really, really leaving it all behind. What I found is like, uh, you need to get other hobbies and interests. So I, uh, you know what? I was really, really happy that I got my Reddit recap in January for 2022 mm -hmm. and the communities I was most active in were house of house of the dragon and game of thrones, which house of the dragon, by the way, was a great show. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. I, I thought it was on. Yeah. And it's like, you know, related to... I don't think it compares to the first season of Game of Thrones um, in in any way. <laughs> mm. But I, I think that's because the, like, the source material for House of the Dragon is like as long as the book that the first Game of Thrones was based on, if not shorter. Right. And they're stretching it out into multiple seasons. So... Right, were, right. I felt I felt like a lot of episodes were filler. I felt that the the characters were more like I didn't. The characters lacked a bit of depth that the um, I think the characters in the original series had. Um, the original series, you were always getting like the first season. Like so much happens in the first season, mm -hmm. 
and uh, and and nothing really happens in the first season of House of the Dragon. Well, yeah, I think we will have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as like I think there were just some real epic scenes in uh, in the first season, even when you know they find the dire wolf that's dead and it's been stabbed with a, a horn from a deer, mm-hmm. and that being you know the sigils of Baratheon and. Uh, and Stark, right? Right, right. And then you've got what's his name? Uh, Lannister, Tyrion, Lan- not Tyrion. Tywin Lannister is um, uh, gutting and cleaning a deer that he's just killed later in that season. Yeah. And that you know that's the Lannisters getting rid of the Baratheons. And right. You like, and you've got the Hound, and you've got the Mountain, and you've got like Joffrey is just. You cannot stand him. Like, he is so insufferable. Yeah. And Ned getting decapitated at the end. And, and like, even... Is it the first season or the second season where Melisandre makes that ghost that kills Renly? Is that the first? I think that's... I feel like that's the second. Is it the second? But there's just... Yeah, yeah, that's the second with Brienne. Yeah, you're right. But it's just, like, so much happens, right? And these characters are just... A lot of them are very, very gray. Like I, I, and it's a study of power and and how different people perceive and control power. Like you've got Littlefinger, who who you know he says knowledge is power, and Cersei you know shows that physical force is power, and and Stark thinks that you derive power from honor, and you see all these people, you know their perceptions of power. They all betray them in the end, and. Right, and that's right. just in the first season. And what happens in House of Dragon? You watch an invalid build a Lego city. Some guy's got a foot <laughs> fetish. You've got the the weird, weird, uh, geeky Doctor Who try, somehow is now this, like, badass. I'm like, isn't that the wiener from Doctor Who? Like, and now he's some kind of badass? Like, they just, I, I don't know. They're all, like, tropes of Game of Thrones characters. Yeah, I... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I see I I feel like they should have stretched out season 1 to be longer so that you could get more of those details cuz I I feel like they sped up season 1 of House of the Dragon a little a little too much. That's 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 my take on it. I would have liked to see more of like you know the you know the crab people or whatever. You know whatever that whole whole sequence was cuz right. it, it's like you popped in every couple seconds and it's like it's like, oh, here's this spooky bad guy, and then yeah. and then yeah. Matt Smith just walks in. And he's like, ha, I I fixed the problem, and it's like, whoa, 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 like just like that, just just like that. That's over. Yeah, yeah, I I I I kind of agree with you, but for kind of an opposite reason. Like I I feel like too much happened, and mm-hmm. they didn't get into the weeds enough. I get like it just lacked a central conflict, right? Like I guess. Game of Thrones, even season one, you know, you can see by the end of the season, everybody's cards are on the table, right? But with House of the Dragon, it's, oh, we're fighting crab crab people. Oh, wait, now we're beating people up in the city. Oh, now we're doing this thing. Oh, the crab people are back again. Now we're fighting. Who's the bad guy now? Oh, now we're running away to the, to SS. Now, like, just... It it did have a central conflict. It was, is uh, Rhaenyra gonna be?
become the queen. But it like, but then there's like some other bad guy, you know, there was all this ancillary shit that had nothing to do with what was actually going on. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's I kind don't, of, I like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just not connected. Well, like I, that was my Okay, so we can agree that there's some poor execution. We might disagree on the details of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but okay. o- overall, <laughs> overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Anyways, yeah. anyways, back to my top, my moving top, on top, from Mormonism. Well, I just My top comment on Reddit last year was somebody had posted a picture, something about the hound. And uh, you have you seen Hot Fuzz? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Well, no, I don't think I have. So the actor who plays... Um, the hound plays kind of like this mentally challenged guy who works at the grocery store who only says yarp and narp. Oh, okay, yes, actually, I have, right? I have seen Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just you don't realize it's him, right? You don't realize that's the hound, and so I found that out. And so every time somebody posts something about the hound, I just comment yarp <laughs> every time. <laughs> and then that ended up being like my lo- most liked comment for the year was somebody was posting about the hound and I just said yarp <laughs> you're so popular it's <laughs> like yeah that's funny I, I yeah that is funny um, but yeah so moving on from Mormonism see you can well, talk about I, other things I'm just saying that's the thing I was like wow I'm not really like every other year it would be something you know, sassy, I said in the ex-Mormon subreddit, and this year it's like, you were most active in House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And it, Well, I like like I like trolling fan bases, because everybody goes on about Amond. Da- Who's the one with the one eye? Uh, oh, yeah, I think I think Amond. Yeah, that's his name. So I just think he, like, he's very, in my opinion, effeminate-looking, and he purses his lips like he's in a Madonna music video from the <laughs> 1980s. And so people are like, oh, Amen is such a badass. And I'm like, dude looks like Madonna. Like, <laughs> like I'm expecting him to dance in Vogue. You're so like, cool. This is, right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the troll, the trolling doesn't start stop, just change the subreddit. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Well, that's um, good. I, I'm glad. I'm glad you've found ways to ways to move on. Um, but like, I got I've gotten super into vinyl, so I got a record player for oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, and I am super into vinyl, and that becomes like a thing when people are like, "What are you into?" I'm like, "Vinyl. I buy vinyl like all the time. I don't buy it like all the time, but probably more than I'd like to." Um, but the thing that I found that's interesting with it is. Um, when you put a, a record on, like you have to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to skip yeah. the tracks. And so even buying vinyl, it's like I'm looking for something where I'm like, I think I could listen to this whole album. Yeah. And then you have people over and you just start putting albums on and you all just sit and talk or relax or whatever and listen to the album. And then it's like, oh, I had no idea this song was on this album or I've never heard this song by these guys before. This is really good. And yeah. But now it's like a, it's just a new thing that I discovered that I'm into and maybe I won't be into it forever, but I'm into it right now. And it's just something that has nothing to do with religion and it makes me more interesting. Right. And gives me something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Is Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Is vinyl really better than like just, a, you know, Spotify subscription? 
Uh, what I'm finding is it depends on the quality of the record of the of the digital. I mm. think, and so if like on I don't know about Spotify because I'm on Apple Music, but if you get a a lossless Dolby Atmos um, recording, because mm-hmm. some of the like some of the they've gone back to master tracks, they've gotten it because. And when they convert it to MP3, it gets uh, compressed. Right. The audio gets compressed. And so now Apple Music's starting to get some master tracks, and they're uploading it as Wave or whatever mm-hmm. format, like the lossless ones, and they're doing, like, Dolby Atmos remasters. And what I found, like, when I play those side-by-side side or back-to-back, I can't notice a difference as much. What I notice with vinyl is that it's... um. It's just little things that'll be like, oh, I had, I didn't notice the, you know, the vibrato and the backing vocals, or I didn't realize mm-hmm. he hit a cymbal here, or wow, that drumstick, you know, I can actually hear the drumstick banging on the rim of the drum. Right. Uh, you know, it's like little, little details. So if you're super into listening to music, then it's worth it. I think if you just casually listen to music, then probably not worth it. Right, right. It's a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, like the other thing that I like about putting on a record is that you can't skip. You got to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been really interesting. I went, like I went to a thrift, thrift store. I found the Rolling Stones first live album and it was an original 1970 something. I think yeah. it was 71 original it was 40 bucks. Uh, but then I found out that it was the highest rated live album of all time. Really? Uh, or the, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the best. It was like one of the first live albums. It's called Get Your Yayas Out, and uh, people just love this album. Like it's a piece of rock and roll history. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking to a coworker, like an older coworker who's got a bunch of vinyl. He gave me an ACDC 1980 original pressing, back in black. Nice. Like, just you know, it probably. I think you could find it probably. It's not in super good condition, like the cover's real worn and everything, but it's probably fifty to a hundred bucks. Yeah, and it's a piece of rock and roll history. Like Back in Black was the comeback album for ACDC, and and uh, it was the first album with their current lead singer after their original lead singer died. And uh, it, like that's a piece of rock and roll history. Yeah, and, and I've got it, you know, forever. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Here, uh, I have some vinyls. I'm gonna go get them, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. read read them out what they are. Can you uh, just fill the yeah. fill the dead air? Oh well, that's gonna be difficult. Good good luck. Just because I well you know being a more yeah yeah say being say Mormon, something. Being a Mormon, I only have uh, I'm only good at preaching when I have an audience to preach to. As soon as the audience is gone, then it's harder for me to continue listening to the sound of my own voice. It's like I'm. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. I am now in the car uh, talking to myself. So, I didn't know you're into vinyl, Alex, but I'm actually not surprised because we're both kind of nerdy collector guys. Um, so that is less surprising for me. Sounds like you might be coming back. Almost. Okay, okay. Almost. Here he is. I'm 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 back. Okay. All right. Here here are my here are my vinyls. Where'd I you have, get them from? How uh, long have you been into vinyl for? 
well, I'm I'm not necessarily into vinyl. Uh, mm-hmm. These were my grandfather's. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know why I took these and not his like VHSs or something, but uh, <laughs> I, I somehow wound up with all his vinyls. Yeah. Um, so I've I've got Wunderbar ist die Welt. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a uh, Roy Black. He, I'm not even kidding. He looks he looks like uh, a, a like a evil Zac Efron or something. I'm gonna okay. I'm I'm gonna send you a, a picture here, Bishop, and you can uh, you can confirm this. So yeah, I'll I'll send that over, and then um, I've got. What else is this one? I've like never really actually looked at these. Um, I've also never played them. I don't. I don't have a player. I have some. This one just says Philips on it. Um, it it definitely has German written on it. Oh, Mein House. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I don't know what that might sound like um did you get the picture yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah am i am i wrong like that that is zach afron oh right? yeah that is uh that's straight out of the ted bundy series <laughs> um and then i have one that says polydor um another one that says polydor um i'm not sure you know uh, oh this one says polka on it mm-hmm. um so obviously this is this is really great uh great music. Yeah, I I think they're all German. I don't think there's any in um Oh, here's here's one that says 40 favorite German melodies. Okay. And oh, Roy Clark. I never picked Cotton. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, so that's the that's Awesome. That's the only English one, and the the songs the song songs on the record. I never picked Cotton. Um, Sunday morning coming down, since mm-hmm. December. You gotta love people. Lonesome too long. Is anybody going to San Antonio? January, April, and me. She cries for me. Thank God and Greyhound. Strangers and middle of the road. Um, and then this is, uh, yeah. And then it's got a picture. It's got a picture of a guy leaning on a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he, he's got a, a silver platter with like two martini glasses and one mimosa looking glass mm-hmm. with, uh, two apples or three, what looks like three apples and two oranges, and a block of cheese, as well as um, what looks like might be a like a big bottle of prosecco in a silver uh, bucket full of ice. And then and then he's in a tuxedo, leaning up against the Rolls Royce, with a uh, some sort of model lady le- leaning on him. It's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. So this is quality yeah. quality stuff. They are they are very uh, interesting. Yes, yes. All the yeah. Oh yeah. My uh, my record collection. I, 
Yeah, I've never I've never played any of these. Here, actually, mm-hmm. okay, I can play a little bit of. I never picked cotton. Um, for for people here, you want to hear it, Bishop? Of course. Here we go. It's on uh, Overlord 058's YouTube channel. You hear that? I never pick I can't hear anything. You can't hear that? Okay, well, no. the audience will be able to hear it. My brother oh, okay. my uh, love it. You'll love it. Diane. Anyways, so... That's, oh, no, I, I press pause. There we go. Um, yeah, so that's that's... That's the fun thing. Let me see, actually. Maybe maybe I can get it to uh, play for you here, Bishop. Da, da, da. Um, but yeah, so obviously I'm a huge, huge... Um, what, do you, what do you call people who are into vinyls? I don't know. It's like a vi- vinyl head. Here, okay, now... I'll, go with the, I'll accept that. Yeah, now, now you should be able to hear this. Okay. Can you hear that? I was really. just oh, you still can't hear it? No. Oh, okay. Sad sad day. Anyways, we all had a good time with it. Uh, Bishop, you can hear it when this comes out next week, I guess. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this this has been a, 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 f- a fun a freaking time. Um, mm-hmm. Doing things other than, other than Mormonism. People probably tuned into this. They're like, wow, Bishop Jensen's back. And then... <laughs> And then listening to it, they're like, oh, oh, okay. They're just going to talk about House of the Dragon and and Roy Clark. <laughs> and Sustainable Cities. Yeah, I love Sustainable Cities. Uh, actually, this summer, I'm going to be biking around a lot. I'm going to, um, I'm going to film my, mm-hmm. my bike rides and I'm going to, I want to make a, um, a YouTube channel where people can go and see like the different routes in the city to get kind of a mm-hmm. visual thing. Cause there's no, like there's no street view for bike paths. So. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. I thought I'm, I'm like, you know what? That's something, that's something I can do um, is go around. And through that, I'll be familiarizing myself with the city because a big problem mm-hmm. I've been having is my mental map of the city is by car. Right, I know, like, oh well, Deerfoot Trail and Glenmore Trail and Sarcy and Shaganappy and all of these things. Like, I know these roads and where they where they go. Um, but mm-hmm. I, you know, if you were like, hey, Alex, you should bike from Mackenzie Town to Citadel. Like, I wouldn't know how to do that within the city, right? So um, that's uh, that's a, a, a something I'm going to work on this summer. And uh, hopefully create a resource that can be useful to other people. And guess what? It has nothing to do with Mormonism. Isn't mm-hmm. that great? It's amazing. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to add, Bishop? Nothing else. Nothing, nothing else. Nothing for me. Yeah. This has been fun, folks. Um, remember who you are. Um, and, and I don't know. Find, find good, good stuff. I guess we'll uh, we'll say this uh, in the name of Matt Smith, uh, dark German, um, dark German, Troy Bolton, and Roy Clark. Amen. Amen.